At the start of a new year, we're often super pumped about all of the new things we want to start, the resolutions we've set, and the goals we want to crush in the coming months. However, sometimes rather than adding new or more, our best move for true growth looks more like cutting, pruning, simplifying, and getting back to the basics so we can truly focus on what matters most. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 63 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, And in today's episode, I'm sharing a recent conversation with Lauren Carnes, a photographer and marketing guru, mom, and wife, who embraces what she calls the both and, while also seeking opportunities to simplify and truly cultivate the things in her life that matter the most. So let me introduce you to Lauren. With a background in public relations and social media marketing, Lauren has always been a lover of telling great stories. For six years, she worked alongside international brands, including Nike, Airstream, the John Maxwell Company, and Chick-fil-A, in defining unique elements of their stories and serving as their brand voice through digital, print, and in-person engagements. After launching a photography business in May 2014, Lauren began focusing on merging photography with brand messaging strategy by coaching creative and lifestyle businesses on aligning communications, marketing, and imagery. Now, as a communication strategist and photographer, she has the opportunity to pursue two elements of storytelling in one business. When she's not in the office, she can be found cooking, hosting friends, or exploring new cities with her husband, Chip, her son, Oliver, and their fur baby, Sophie. They live in their college town of Athens, Georgia, where Chip practices as a urologist and Lauren divides her time every day doing the roles she loves most. Wife, mother, entrepreneur, and chef. In today's episode, Lauren shares what working full-time from home with no childcare looked like for her in 2020. She shares the tools, routines like meal planning, and boundaries that enable her family and her business to flourish. She talks about how she's approaching goal setting in the new year, despite uncertainty, and She tells us about how she's brought focus and intention to a life that wholeheartedly embraces multiple roles, responsibilities, and professional passions, all without spreading herself too thin. You can find all of the links to the productivity tools and resources that Lauren mentions in this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 63, including Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets, and her go-to productivity app, To Do. Finally, I want to thank you again for being a fan of the show. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. You see, your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. 
And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Lauren, and welcome to It's About Time. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Well, I am so thrilled that we are connecting and that the record button is pressed and that everything is working. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yes. To give you guys a little bit of background, this is actually take two at our interview together. And Lauren was such a trooper and a champ. And we might as well be audio engineers now. Oh, we totally are. I mean, yes. good to yeah, go. Put it, put it on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Done. <laughs> um, and so, Lauren, I told everybody, you know, a little bit about you in the intro before we officially got started. But as always, you know, I would love to hear from you in your own words how you spend your time these days. I love that. I love that question. I know when you and I were chatting a little bit about prepping for this podcast and just prepping for this conversation, when we were talking about that question, I love the way that you phrase it of how do you spend your time these days? Because I think, um, especially with it being the new year when this will officially go live, we all are kind of thinking about what does time look like in 2021? What does this upcoming year look like? Obviously, we're on the heels of the wildest year for um, many of us yet. And so when I think of how I spend my time these days, it looks a lot about the both and is kind of the way that I like to think about it. Um, I am both a mother and a wife and also an entrepreneur and a small business owner. And for me, spending my time looks a lot like kind of doing a little bit of everything. I feel like right now I have my hands in a lot of different pots um, and I like it that way. I really do. Sometimes, admittedly, it can be really overwhelming, especially in a year like this past one. I'm sure you understand. Sure you agree. Um, But, you know, I think we all are kind of just thinking of what our what our time looks like. And so for me, um, I am a creative entrepreneur. And um, like many of you guys, I am pursuing a small business or perhaps dreaming of small business life for many of y'all. And so I am a communication strategist for creative entrepreneurs. And so I coach other small business owners on how to do marketing for their business, essentially. So that's one side of my business. And the other side is that I am a photographer specifically for brands, families, and foodies is the way I describe it. So I do branding photography and kind of like lifestyle and editorial photography for brands and various companies. I also photograph newborns and families. This past year, I did many sessions for the first time ever and absolutely loved it. It was a blast. Um, And then finally, for foodies, I do a lot of food photography for magazines and also just for my own self, because one other way that I spend my time is um, with my family, kind of that both and. I do a little bit of both, the 
life in business and also the life at home. And I love being able to spend time with my two-year-old son. His name is Oliver. He's wonderful. We spend a lot of time um, these days specifically. He is um, growing and just a fun toddler little boy. We spend a good bit of time at therapy. He's actually in a variety of different therapies for just kind of helping him along, helping him grow. Um, and then we just spend a lot of time outside playing, even when it's cold, just enjoying our time together. And then my husband, we, whenever he is home from work, we spend as much time as we can with him and our dog and we love to cook. So I photograph for food for others and also for myself because cooking and being in the kitchen and um, sharing time with others around the table, just kind of gathering at the table is really a huge passion of mine. So that's a little bit about what kind of the both and looks like the work life. I don't know if it's always necessarily necessarily a balance, but that's the goal, right? You know, I think we kind of all feel that way that we have the desire for the work life balance, but sometimes there's just a little bit of a give and take a little bit of a push and pull. Um, And I think that this past year I experienced that more than ever. And um, just leaning into what this year will look like and kind of embracing um, embracing the good things that I took away from the past year and also kind of trying to think through how we can improve, how we can make things better and how we can just kind of get our heads on straight, if you will. Yes, get our heads on straight. Uh-huh. I think that just about anyone listening can relate to that sentiment 100% after, right. after the year that we've had. Um, You know, I love, first of all, I'll say, first of all, I have so many questions about food photography. I think, I think I watched like a behind the scenes documentary about food photography and how like, instead of like ice cream, they'll use butter and they'll use all these interesting glazes. Before we really dive into the meat of this episode, can you tell me some food photography secrets? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I love that. Okay. So the the interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize is that in the world of food photography, often if you are on set with a team, that there are actually multiple different people. There is a food stylist who does things like using butter for ice cream and, um, you know, oftentimes a turkey that you see on the cover of the Southern Living magazine is not actually cooked all the way through and it's like glazed specifically. You know, there are a lot of tricks yeah. like that. Um, so that would be the food stylist. But because <laughs> of the fact that oftentimes I'm more of a one woman show. Um, once again, kind of have my hands in a lot of different things. Um, I I love that I actually get to do a good bit of food styling with my food photography. And so um, a couple little fun tricks that if ever you see things like a giant burger, for example, or a sandwich stacked on top, um, uh, you know, one layer on top of another and another and another, a fun little fact is, and this is, you know, much to the chagrin of one of the assistants that I was working with one day, um, there are actually often things like toothpicks or things like that inside (laughs) holding that up. Um, And so I do not recommend if you're ever on set taking a bite out of something like that. One, probably a lot of people have touched it. You don't know if it's cooked fully through. Um, And then also you may get a mouthful of toothpick after, um, you know, after that happens. So that's always a fun one. Um, You know, like you said, there are so many little tricks, but it's fun. It's a really fun and um, surprising career and industry and skill to be able to see the way that beautiful imagery for things like magazines or for things like restaurants that 
the way that that imagery is created is just so next level. And a lot of times I think people think, oh, I'll just pull out my iPhone and take this quick snap. Right. But really, there's so much more to it. And um, it really does. Speaking of time, it just takes a lot of time, a lot of intentionality, yeah. a lot of forethought, um, and just really a lot of being patient and knowing that the final product is going to yield the result that you're looking for if you give it the due diligence, if you give it the time that it needs. And so I feel like that feels oddly fitting for this conversation, um, just to think of that sometimes we have to really be super intentional with how we are spending the time of stacking the lettuce on top of the burger, on top of the tomato and the cheese, and taking like a blowtorch to melt the cheese, and, <laughs> you know, all sorts of things. So yeah, it's a lot oh of fun. My I, oh my goodness, how fun. And what an interesting metaphor for things like appearances and social media, that things are not always as they seem, right? Things are not always as they seem. It's kind of the, um, I'm sure, you know, the Instagram versus reality yeah. swipe. Um, I actually saw something recently and it was from an influencer and I unfortunately cannot remember who it was. And so if anyone is listening to this and has seen this floating around, um, feel free to send me a DM to let me know. But there was an influencer recently who shared the idea of kind of how Instagram versus reality actually Mm-hmm. That it's really reality versus reality because mm-hmm. the reality is, is that there is this beauty. There is this curated, you know, I think her particular picture was something Christmassy, kind of she had done a flat lay on her floor in her kitchen or something like that. And then um, the other reality was that she had a toddler running around and a newborn baby. And both of those are reality, right? For people who are creatives, for people who are building businesses, there is this reality of this beauty and this um, vision that has been brought to life and has been created. But also there is the reality of like the mess, you know? And so I've really been trying to think of that in this new year, that as I think of how I want to spend my time and what I want to be doing and the work that I want to really be diving into, that um, the authenticity and the honesty of what we create is the the most beautiful things often come out of showing those two realities, the duality of it, um, and showing the side by side of saying, here is the reality of the beauty that we're building, but also here is the reality of the mess that's behind it. And so it's, um, it's such an I, extension of the both and concept that you should have thought of that, but you're so yeah, right. It can be both beautiful and creative and curated and telling a story while there's a toddler <laughs> running around beside all of it. I love that. No, I think that's so true. And like, I mean, sometimes the reason that things are so beautiful is because my toddler, I had to like, you know do something specific for him or buy something to entertain him. And then I'm like, oh, this could be a fun photo, you know? And yes. so it really, it, they they feed off of each other. And so. Ab- absolutely. I find that such an entrepreneurial skill is, or just an entrepreneurial tendency is being inspired, doing something with nothing, creating yep. something with thin air and just rocking and rolling with what you've got. I love that. I think that's so true. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's look back for a second at 2020. It goes without saying that this year was different for all of us. So for you specifically, you know, what made 2020 different for you and your family? Yeah, you know, um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this, but I have been in the past few weeks or so kind of doing some goal setting and planning for 2021. And I've been looking back at 2020 and specifically looking back at my original goals in my power sheets from the start of 2020. And some of them I actually <laughs> laughed about 
<laughs> looking at being like, that's funny. LOL. Um, just seeing the like the vision and the dream, yeah. right? Um, and give, give me a quick explanation of what power sheets are in case oh, someone listening yes, is not familiar not with know. them. That's wonderful. Okay. So power sheets are, it is a yearly goal setting planner created by the amazing team at Cultivate What Matters. And it is broken up in the beginning. There's a portion that is specifically designed for power sheets prep is what they call it. And it's basically intended to be done in like the last month or so of the year or the first month of the year in preparation for the upcoming year. And it really just digs into um, cultivating what matters, being really intentional about your time, knowing where to spend it, um, and creating goals that are the concept is the idea of little by little so that goals are met and um, achievements happen and success is comes around little by little with a little bit of progress instead of feeling like you have to achieve everything all at once. Awesome. And, and so, I'll, be, I'll be sure to link to Power yes. Teats and Cultivate What Matters in the show notes so you guys Absolutely. can check that out. I've used it in the past and just love the entire process. So They are wonderful. Yes. So you were have been using your Power Sheets and looking yes. back and and what else? And um and so my it encourages you to come up with a word for the year. And last year my year my yearly word was steady. And I wanted to kind of come up with the idea of how to create steady routines and a, you know, steady lifestyle at home that helped cultivate a calm and like an entrepreneurial and exciting work environment. And all of the things that I had kind of all came to this idea of like I'm going to achieve all of these goals by creating steady and it's funny because when you ask, what did 2020 look like? Why was it different? You know, was it different than you expected? Um, when I said steady initially, I was not anticipating that those routines would look like a daily routine being home with my child full time and also running a full time business with my husband pursuing his first year as a nice. um, career in medicine um, during a pandemic. I never anticipated any of these things. Surprise. So, <laughs> right. Surprise. Here we are. I mean, I think we all feel that way. None of us could have guessed <laughs> at all. Um, and so it's interesting because what I anticipated was going to be steady growth in my business and steady. Um, one of the things specifically of my goals was about having a childcare set a routine set up so that I could have a daily work routine set up, you know, like I had this vision. And what I didn't expect is that the steady would actually end up in 2020 looking a lot more like creating a steady routine at home so that there was a base and a foundation of figuring out really what was important for us and what was absolutely necessary to happen and what wasn't as necessary. And what those things were that if I let the ball drop on these seven things, our world was still going to continue. Our routine would still flourish. We would still thrive. Our child would still be learning. You know, like these were the things that weren't as important. And then on the flip side, here are the five things that absolutely happen every single day or every single week. And so my 2020, I anticipated looking just a lot different. You know, in a new town, we had just moved back to our college town and thrilled to be back home home. I say home. It feels like home more than any other place we've ever lived. Um, and Lord willing, it will be our home forever, which is really exciting. Um, but it just, we were expecting so much of um, steady growth. And I found that something that was really interesting was just um, that instead of necessarily steady growth as in exponential big growth, right. it was more heart growth. It was more mm -hmm. internal growth. It was more um, 
once again, just that growth in recognizing that it can be both and it can be beautiful and also hard. And so that's a lot of what our 2020 looked like. I worked full-time from home. I had a toddler full-time home with me um, for the bulk of the year. I did not have any childcare whatsoever um, until recently. My mother-in-law has started helping us out again, and that's been fantastic. Um, and my husband works, you know, he's out the door by 6 a.m. most days mm-hmm. and home at 6 p.m. And we get the baby in bed and clean up from dinner and kind of have a few minutes to ourselves and then go to bed and start the routine all over again. Oftentimes I would stay up and work late, you know, because yeah. I had to. That was the way it was. So that's a lot of what our 2020 looked like and why it was different than years prior and also different than what we expected for sure. Absolutely. It, it, and it's so amazing that the word steady t- took on an entirely new meaning, an entirely new execution, if you will, for you and your family, in your business, you know, living in your new but familiar, you know, new hometown. And, you know, looking back on 2020 and stepping into the new year, you know, you've done your power sheets prep, you know, what do you see on the horizon for the year ahead. I find that there are two camps of people and not to make too broad generalizations, but some people are super excited about making big plans and goals for 2021 and others are a little bit more skittish and a little bit more cautious and not quite ready to, you know, put the stake in the ground for big plans because of the unknown. So where would you say that you fall? I love that. You know, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. And it's funny that you say you're like, uh, you know, there are two camps. And once again, it feels feels familiar. This it's both a spectrum. And idea. Right. It's totally a spectrum. I am excited for um, just the potential for the upcoming year. I also think that, you know, one of the cultivate what matters concepts is that there's nothing, I think it's like, there's nothing special about January 1st. It's like things don't change automatically just at the snap of a finger at January 1st. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's going to be the same. A lot of what we're going to find is that immediately when all of a sudden it's 2021, things don't change, right? Right. Like we still are living this kind of this similar existence. I see, I see some hope, some really great hope on the horizon for sure. Um, But I think things aren't going to automatically change. And so for me, I think I'm in the middle. I'm really excited about some big hopes and dreams and some big plans for the upcoming year. And I'm also really excited to like continue taking some of the best takeaways from this past year and from the learnings that we've made and letting kind of the the boundaries that we've set this year mm-hmm. be what guide us in my goals and in the big, you know, the big picture. And so I think a lot of that comes with just us like planning ahead monthly, mm-hmm. quarterly and yearly rather than I used to just be like, this is what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and so, and even daily, like, I mean, things yeah. just shift so much day to day. And so um, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to, we have some big things. Um, my husband has some big stuff for work coming up. So um, a lot of our goals, and I think that perhaps this past year was in preparation for that. Um, a, lar- a lot of our goals this year are really like a little bit more on the like family and personal side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being really intentional with our family time and things like that. And then in addition to that, finding how I can continue to grow my business because I'm not the kind of person who's just going to be like, meh. I'll just like take off for, you know, the next five years. I love to work. I love to do the work. 
Um, and so we just have, we have, um, some really exciting stuff for what my husband has going on and I want to be able to support him in that. Yeah. And so it's exciting thinking of that. So big plans for business and family and personal life. Um, and then also just kind of the, the, I like to call it like the milestones and the moments. Mm. So the big milestones, the big exciting things, the things that you've been hoping for and dreaming for and working really hard towards. And then also just those little day-to-day moments, just really being able to cherish them and take advantage of the time that you have um, in the tiny moments every single day. And to be And to have the ability to be present enough to recognize when those moments are happening. Absolutely. I mean, I'll give you an example. So um, this, we're recording this for those who are listening. We're recording this in December. We're about four days before Christmas. (laughs) And um, my husband has this week off. And this morning, we um, have been putting together a playroom for my son. And this is a great example of wanting, of preparing in advance and um, prepping our time and thinking ahead of what does what does the timeline look like for the mm-hmm. year, for the month? Um, and so this week we decided that I would be really intentional about having as much free time available as possible so that we could enjoy the Christmas season mm-hmm. in general. And we have been putting together my son's new playroom and we put a trundle house bed. So it looks like a house. It has like the shape of a house and it pulls out to be a little trundle bed. And we were both laying on it. My son was playing. There are twinkle lights that are strung up above on the like house um, portion. And I told Chip, my husband, I said, this is what I wanted for this week. Yes. And I think that that's a great example of thinking ahead to what does time look like for us at any given moment and preparing and getting our work done in advance and, you know, being really intentional and, you know, kind of creating our routine so that we can be present for the moments when I can just look over and see him, you know, see my son reading a book and I can look up and see the twinkle lights that we've put together. You know, it just, it was a really special moment, um, moment in time that we wouldn't have gotten if I had not really been super intentional about this week being carved out and blocked out. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And 
knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there to have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Yes, you know, so many of us have this idea that we want to be able to create magical moments, that we Mm. want to create memories for a lifetime, but those are two very abstract concepts. You Mm. can't put create a memory on a calendar, you know, (laughs) you can't, you can't time block for that, but it's Mm, actually taking it one step further and thinking, okay, I want to create magical memories, but what does that mean for me? What does that mean for our family in practice? How do we take it from the abstract idea of memory making, which you know, could be anything or nothing to Mm -hmm. what does that memory look like and Mm -hmm. how can we be intentional with that and how can we plan for that? And that's exactly what you guys did. That's wonderful. It's been really special already in the past couple days of having him home. You know, it's really been really wonderful and um, I'm just, I'm grateful for it. And so for anyone who's sitting here listening, thinking like, what does that look like for me? And how right. could that be possible? Our world, you know, feels like it's turned upside down and we're hoping for a little bit of stability, or perhaps you're hoping for a little bit of steady in this upcoming year. Um, what does the steadiness look like in order to create those magical moments? And so um There are just, I think that it's something that being super intentional with your time in advance is incredibly valuable, allowing you to do things like grow a business or Mm -hmm. launch a new product or service or have time where you can lay under the twinkle lights and like read a book together. Um, And so I think that the intentionality in advance is really, I mean, it makes it, like you said, we wouldn't have been able to do that if we had not planned previously. Mm -hmm. So super grateful for it for sure. So Lauren, you are a business owner and you are a both and business owner. You are a communication strategist, you're a photographer, and not only are you a photographer, but you have three different specializations, brand, families, and foodies. Not only that, you're a wife, you're a mom, um, your son, Oliver, as you shared with us, is is taking part in different therapies as he's growing. And you clearly, you know, you have a lot on your plate with as, as a both and as a, you know, multi-passionate entrepreneur, as a multifaceted woman, this is where I've got to know, like, how exactly do you make that intention a tactical reality? Like, is there, you know, you've mentioned power sheets. Is there a calendar or a planner? Do you guys have a weekly meeting? You know, how do you take that intention and turn it into action? Absolutely. That's such a great question because it is easy to just kind of talk and say, oh, this is nice in theory. And this would all be, you know, that would be great. Good for her, not for me. Right? Right. Right. Um, I'll I'll do that when I have time. That's not the kind of time that I have. Yep. 
Exactly. Um, and so some good, like tactical, practical, specific, tangible items that we do in our household in order to create time, create time, right? To, to create, to create time to create those magical memories, you yes. know? Um, and in addition to it, to get all of the things done, because there are a lot of things like you just Life. mentioned, um, is, and I know I hinted at this a little bit, but I'd love to go in a little bit deeper, is about this idea of kind of the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly concept, right? Yes. Um, and so it's easy to just be like, oh, by the end of the year, I want to accomplish X, Y, Z. And one thing that Power Sheets does really well is it kind of has a, a check-in every quarter to where you can actually think of how how much progress have I made? Do I need to shift? What does that look like? So Power Sheets for sure, I could talk about those all day long, but I encourage you if you're listening to go and check them out and just see if you think that it might be something great for you. Um, also, they just... The Cultivate What Matters team is incredible and they are so encouraging and have just, it's its a lot of fun to follow along and be a part of their community, even if you are not a PowerSheets user. They are just really great at kind of cultivating that intentionality in time planning and in kind of that memory making, if you will. But for me, um, I use a few different tools that really help it make it so that I can be that multi-passionate woman um, and I can do the both and. And particularly for daily planning, I use something called To Do and it's T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X. And um, I have used it. So this is like the true test for me is do I really love something? How long have I used it? I have been using To Do since like 2010. Wow. And right, I know. Um, I've also got to say that is such like a Louisiana spelling. It is. I, I was mean, thinking of that for you. I was like, I bet you'll love that. Yes. LSU. It's not go tigers, G O. It's G E A U X. I love that. No, I thought of that same thing. I was like, this feels very like Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where they're based. Perhaps they're based in Louisiana. Um, hmm, I don't know. I actually initially learned of it from Seth Godin, if you're familiar who, with with Seth Godin. Yeah. Um, he's a genius marketer and just a wealth of information. And so when Seth initially recommended, I mean, not to me personally by any means, but when he recommended to do, I was like, <laughs> you guys just right? like text. <laughs> yeah. We're besties. You know, we're on a first name basis. I'd right. like to think that. Right? Uh-huh. Um. And so to do is basically it's an online calendar, for lack of a better description, that is more of a to do list style, but it syncs with your phone. And the reason that I use it is I use it as for a few things. I use it as a daily um, appointment scheduler. So I can look and see what time do I have something going on on this particular day. And below that, I use it as actually a to-do list. So the thing for me is I am an Enneagram 3 wing 2, if you know anything about the Enneagram or if anyone does. For those of you who do not know, that basically means that I like want to achieve and be like super great at everything while also helping someone else. That's like the kind of- You want to be the best helper. Right. Which is a a blessing and a curse sometimes. And by Um, the way, I will link to my favorite free Enneagram quiz in the show notes so you guys can take that. Um, Side note, I'm a three wing four, but- Perfect. I I love it. So you're, you know, want to achieve and be like creative and have lots of feelings in the process. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, Also, I will say this for those of you who are like very knowledgeable on the Enneagram. I know that what the way we just described it is a very like, you know, introductory phrase of it. So there is a lot of detail to the Enneagram for those of you who have not taken it. Highly recommend. It's incredibly fascinating. Helps you learn a lot about 
how you work and how to best manage yourself and your emotions and your time. Yeah. Um, and so I use to do as a calendar and also a to-do list. The best thing about it is that um, you can set recurring events, which is super helpful for me. You also, if you do not accomplish something on, let's say, Monday, it automatically pops to Tuesday for you. So for me, Ooh. I like being able to know that if I don't finish something, it's still going to be top of my to-do list the next day. And that so is every such morning, a challenge with, with yes. things falling off of the to-do list. If you don't Absolutely. manually move them, if you don't rewrite them, that's yep. great. Um, I just had to jump, had to jump in with that because that is yeah. one of the most common struggles when it comes to to-do lists. Okay. Yes. yes. Tell, tell us and, more. And I get frustrated because I'm like, oh, I wrote this on Monday and now it's Friday and I still haven't accomplished it. Like it almost tricks me into being like, it's okay, Lauren, you did not fail this week. Like, you can get it done next week. You know, it's 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 a good trick for me. Um, I also use it in order to plan in advance or for reminding myself so that I can be super intentional with not thinking about things multiple times. And the way I mean, what I mean by this is if I think of something and it, I know that, okay, a month from now, I need to revisit that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget about it, but I also don't want it to be lingering in my brain. Absolutely. I need to write it down and release it. And so if I know that I need to follow up with a potential client or follow up on a particular project for work three months from now, I literally just go three months from now and Mm -hmm. pop it into my calendar and say, reminder on XYZ. And the great thing about that is that it allows me to think ahead and look at, okay, what's coming three months from now? I know that I need to be prepared for this on this particular day, but now I don't have to think about it anymore, Um, which helps me moving to this idea of kind of weekly and monthly and quarterly planning. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically for weekly, we do a lot of meal planning in our house, especially during 2020. We cooked a lot. And because I love to cook, um, I essentially meal plan from um, I start each week by looking in our fridge and our pantry and seeing what we have on hand and kind of coming up with a meal from that. Actually, um, one of our dear friends, Logan, actually is how I was originally introduced to you. And I think was through Logan. Yeah. I think so. Yes. And also I think social media, let's be honest. Just in general. Yeah. Um, But Logan actually calls me pocket chef is the way she describes it because she'll text me being like, I have this random thing in my kitchen and I don't know what to do with it. And that's my favorite way to be really intentional with kind of like spending my time thinking of how are we going to prepare for Monday through Friday so Mm -hmm. that when it gets to be 5 p.m., we're not scrambling every night. 100%. And we're not feeling like totally off the wall trying to figure out what we're going to eat. And so I start each week by meal planning, checking what we have in the fridge and the freezer and in Mm -hmm. the pantry and creating just a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the best Mm -hmm. thing about that is um, we plan for meals out or for getting takeout or for a frozen pizza. We plan for that because once again, it saves the time. It allows me to tell my husband when he walks in the door, hey, we're having frozen pizza tonight and I have a meeting in five minutes. Can you like (laughs) stick that in the, can you stick that in the oven for me? You know? Yes. And so for weekly, that's one thing that I do. Um, and then as far as monthly, my, and, and also quarterly, the way that I find is best for me is to go ahead and look at the start of each month and think ahead of, and I even do this at the start of the year. 
I look and think, what are, what are weekends this month that I must be available for our family? Mm-hmm. How can I block that out in advance? Sometimes I do that. Um, we actually just did that with power sheets. I went through and I looked and said, this is our anniversary weekend. This is the, my son's birthday. This is my birthday. Kind of those key dates and being really intentional to create those magical memories. We have to have that time blocked on our calendar. Yes. And so I do that also each month. I sit down with my husband and his schedule and I say, what is your call schedule for this month? When are you going to be available on the weekends? When are you not? So that we can align and we can make sure that the routine that we create for the month allows us to have our time together and also allows us both to accomplish the work that we need to do so that we can be present as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the ways that um, specifically I use things like Google Calendar for work for sure. Um, but more than anything, I just actually sit down with my to-do and my paper planner, um, which is in the power sheets. And I look at those side by side each year, each quarter, each month, each week, and each day. And I prioritize the most important thing that needs to happen that day because there are a lot of things on the list. And I know that I will never be able to accomplish them all. But like I said, the great thing about to do is that it will pop to the second day or the third or a month later, it might still be on there. And that's okay because little by little, it will get accomplished. Um, And if a month later, it's still on there, I really probably need to break it down into more, um, you know, in smaller goals to accomplish with a big goal. So mini, bringing it down into the mini milestones, mini yeah, milestones, mini, mini milestones, mini moments for sure. So yeah, that's, those are kind of the, that's my strategy for being really intentional with my time throughout the, throughout the year. I, you know, I love that how you said that, yes, you use Google calendar for work. Yes, you, you have to do, but the apps and the tools aren't going to do the planning for you. They're not going to do the thought work. It really takes, you know, sitting down and really thinking through making those decisions and having open communication. And, you know, I love that you were crystal clear about that. You know, it doesn't just happen. It takes time. It takes thought. It takes reflection. You know, zooming out for a little bit because we've really, you know, we dove headfirst into how you manage the day-to-day, what your quarterly, your monthly, even your annual planning looks like, you know, looking at life and business and family and how we spend our time, it can be very tempting to want to do all the things, right? Mm. Especially when, you know, on one hand, we have entrepreneurial and business and career and professional gurus telling us that if we're not doing X, then we're not doing it right. And so we end up filling our plates and filling our heads with all of these different, you know, should do's. Um, And then before we know it, we've got so much on our plate that we can't really manage any of it. And so then comes the time to take a strategic look, a careful look at what needs to stay and what needs to go. Lauren, I would love to hear from you what what that has been like for you as a multi-passionate entrepreneur who I'm sure you would love to have your hands in all the things and wear every hat, but our heads, our heads are only so big, right? 
Oh, it's so true. It, <laughs> it is so difficult to determine what you like, which hats to put on, which yeah. plates to spin in the air, yes. what you want to do and what you can do. You know, um, it's, it's something that it's a, you can do anything, but not everything yes. kind of concept. Um, and I think for me, and this was even before 2020, you know, yes. this, this has always been kind of my mindset is I love to do a lot of things, but I also love a lot of things and I don't want to miss out on all of the things that I love. And the best example that I can give of this is um, about two years ago now, I photographed my last wedding. And at the time, I did not know that it was going to be my last wedding. Um, I had been working for a while toward paring down my wedding business, my wedding photography business specifically. And um, I love photographing weddings. I love being a part of a couple's wedding day, celebrating their first day of marriage. It's an exciting time. I began wedding photography because I wanted to photograph friends' engagement sessions as their wedding gift. That was my goal as starting as a photographer. Oh, I love um, that. It was fun. It's a lot of fun. I still love doing things like that. Um, and so I started a, this career thinking this is what I was going to do forever. And in the process, I discovered that um, I also love this type of photography. And I built a wedding photography business and friends started asking me, well, how did you get 24 clients so quickly, 20, you know, 24 weddings in a year so quickly? Teach us how you did that. And um, my prior career before being an entrepreneur was that I worked for a public relations agency. I was, I work in mar marketing. I'm a marketer. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I love my marketing stuff. And there are a lot of things that I love. And so I tell people when they were like, Lauren, are you no longer photographing weddings? And I tell them, I say, I love weddings, but I love a lot of things. And I had to be so intentional about setting some better boundaries in the work that I do in order to be able to be present to create those magical moments and to create those memories with our family and also to allow myself the freedom to be an entrepreneur and to explore the both and to explore the different things that I love to do. And there's no way to do that when every single weekend I was traveling three hours away to go and photograph a wedding in a different city. And then on the weekends that I wasn't photographing a wedding, I was traveling three hours away to go and photograph an engagement session. Wow. And, and so, weddings, I mean, that's an all day endeavor. It's that is, it's not just in and out, like, right. like a, an engagement session. It's a, it's, it's a full weekend commitment almost. And then when you it factor in that driving, that's a lot. Yep. And that was at the time that, you know, my husband was working. He was a resident, you know, training to be a doctor at the time. And we were like ships passing in the night. And I remember drawing a line in the sand and saying, mm. this can't be the way that our life is when we have children. Right. And um, for those of you who do have children, I'm sure you understand. And for those of you who do not, I'm sure you can imagine and have a similar situation that you can say, you know, this is not a sustainable lifestyle, um, the way that we were living. And so we drew some boundaries and we set specifics on what we would do and what we wouldn't do in order to kind of create almost a rule for myself of um, if this, then this. If I get an inquiry for a wedding that is three hours away in a city that I would not vacation in, then I will not say yes to it. Ooh, that is a great qualifier. 
and and that's the reason I say that is I know not everyone who's listening to this is in the wedding industry. You know, I'm not saying that that has to be your rule, but the rules need to be specific to set a boundary in order to be able to air quote, do it all. Right. Well, it's Um, just like taking the abstract idea of making memories and turning it into something that's more concrete. It's taking things like blurry boundaries and putting specific rules to them. And you know, whether you are a public relations strategist or you're a realtor listening in right now, you know, this is fabulous advice to figure out what those qualifiers are in your life and in your career that apply to you and your your unique situation. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is those qualifiers really are going to come back to what does a magical memory and what does like memory making look like for you? For me, I knew that I did not want to spend my every weekend away from my husband. I wanted to be able to have some time in our marriage where we could enjoy cooking together and traveling on the weekends. And I wanted to not be in the car driving to a small town to photograph um, a wedding and stay in, you know, a roadside hotel for the full weekend and then come back and him be right back at work. I didn't want that. What um, I didn't want our memory from that season of life to look like that. Instead, I wanted it to be him in the car with me driving to the coast and being able to yeah. enjoy you know, time at the beach for the day. Um, and so I think that sitting down and really, really being intentional about determining what would kind of that dream memory look like. And Power Sheets does a really good job of um, kind of coaching you through that, if you will. Um, but doing a really great job of sitting down and saying, what would I want the memories? What next, this time next year, what do I want to have remembered from this year? What do I want those moments to look like? And how do I set a boundary in order to provide the time and the mental space to be able to do that? And so that was a specific specific example of wedding world of what I did. And slowly but surely, the boundary got a little bit tighter. It got a little bit closer to home. It got a little bit more detailed, a little bit more specific, knowing that my ultimate boundary, my ultimate goal was so that I could step away from the wedding industry to be able to be home on the weekends. And so I think the thing about boundaries, the thing about time is that it's it's very finite. Time is super finite. We don't mm-hmm. have endless amount of time. And I knew that if I just kept going in the same way of the rat race, that at some point... I was going to burn out. I was going to feel like, you know, what just happened to the last five years. And so refining and pruning ended up being the best way for my career in order to let the things that I was passionate about um, really flourish in order to let the goals that I had been dreaming of of and the both and of wanting to pursue growing our family in order to create the space and the margin to be able to do that, those boundaries is where it began. And it's allowed me to do things like saying goodbye to what was once the primary source of revenue in my business Mm -hmm. and also what felt like my livelihood. I think a lot of times we feel as though we can identify only as this one particular thing and that will never change. But Our lives are ever evolving and this world that we live in is, Mm -hmm. you know, wild and crazy and um, we feel like it's constantly changing. But the one thing that is steady in it all is knowing that knowing who we are in our passions and in our desires for growth and making goals and also setting the boundaries on our time and on our um, on our limits of what we can and cannot do in order to take steps toward pursuing that, you know, pursuing the beautiful life that we envision. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now it's it's just 
truly wild to think of just the transitions over the last, I started my business in 2014. And since then, my husband has, um, he, he started residency and finished residency and graduated and we've moved a couple times. We had a baby and we have lived through a pandemic. I think many of you could probably have that laundry list of what has the past five years looked like of our time. And then thinking of what was great about that and what would I like to see shift and starting to make those steps and make those boundaries toward being able to say five years from now, what would we like to see that's different? And how can we start setting the, I won't take a wedding more than three hours away in a city I wouldn't visit on vacation. How do Mm -hmm. we start setting those boundaries now and creating those rules for ourselves now in order to be able to pursue the, the greatness that is five years from now? It's like you said, it's taking steps. And mm-hmm. again, it all goes back to that philosophy and power sheets. It's little by little. You didn't make the snap decision to walk away from weddings. It Absolutely. was a gradual process. It was an evolution. It was something that presented itself as the best possibility, as the best option. And it's like, what is it? Turning an ocean liner takes time and Mm -hmm. any big change, any big shift in your life, in your business usually is not going to happen overnight, even though we are incredibly impatient and we want to see the benefits and we want to see the results. But you, Lauren, are living proof that you know, the evolution takes time. It takes listening to yourself, knowing yourself and that reflection to really spot what it is that's going to be best for creating that dream that you have, that you've pictured for your family. Absolutely. No, I think you're so right. And it is, it's always evolving. You know, like I said, this past year was nothing like what I expected. And I don't think that 2021 will be, but I think that's kind of just the standard, right? I think we just, um, have grown. I think I know I have grown to realize that there is always unexpected, but there is also beauty in the unexpected. Yes. Um, and so being able to, and, and I think that it totally was the, the preparation of me being able to need to be home during this season. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's not lost on me and not just because of COVID and um, things like that, but also just being able to be home and be present for my family so that we can, you know, enjoy time together during a really busy season and care for our son well and just being able to really, you know, thrive in that way, even in the moments when I feel like I want to pull my hair out. (laughs) And we all have those moments, Lauren. We do. We We all have those moments. So as we're, as we're wrapping up this amazing conversation, and I feel like I could just continue talking to you for hours. You, you're, you have such a warm personality and I have just so enjoyed you know, hearing your perspective and what your experience has been like and what this change and this growth has looked like for you. I am cheering you on so hard for 2021 and everything that you have ahead of you. Um, But if I have one last question before we completely close out, I would love to know, you know, looking back at 20-year-old Lauren, if you could give one piece of advice to 20-year-old Lauren, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Mm, that is a really good question. Um, 
I'm thinking, I'm like, where was I at 20 years old? I was yeah. still in college. Yeah. I was, um, I had my first like real job. I think I would tell myself that every role makes you better prepared for your next role. Mm. And the reason I say that is I used to kind of have this idea of like, um, I think so many people that I talk to who are pursuing an entrepreneurial business or they are small business owners, they always are kind of wishing away that season. Mm-hmm. Um always looking forward to the next goal, wanting to reach the next thing. It's kind of like they, it's almost like the idea of like that they let their dream job smush out their day job, if they will. Mm -hmm. They're Um, so 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 ready to get to that next step. They're like, I just want to be done with this. And like, um, but I think for me at 20, I would tell myself one, um, also don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Get over it everything is fine. You're doing a great job. I think I, I think I would tell my 32 year old self that too, (laughs) Um, you know, but um, that every role to be super, super intentional and to reflect on what are the elements of this particular role, whether it's in your career, in your personal life, in your, um, you know, day to day, how is it giving you skill sets or just even lessons learned on how to better prepare you for the next role. Mm-hmm. Because like we've said, things are always evolving and mm-hmm. our goals are always going to be shifting. But I can look back to my career at age 20 and see the direct impact on what it did for my career mm-hmm. at age 23 mm-hmm. when I got married and was a new wife married to a medical student um, working in an agency and then, you know, kind of that next step to starting my own business and husband in residency and the next step to moving back and, you know, husband practicing and starting a family, having a baby. Um, Every single role has really been so pivotal in guiding me and opening my eyes to the potential and the possibilities for what could be. Mm-hmm. And for that, if I just give it a little bit of time, that we will see that shift, that we will see the growth, we will see a new pattern um, and a new steadiness come from what feels like probably a really unsettling time mm-hmm. in each season there have been those. And so just the reminder that um, there is always something to come from the difficulties and also the joys of every season. Mm-hmm. So I think that would just be the reminder that I'd give myself at 20 um, and still um, speaking that into myself right now at mm-hmm. age 32 as mm-hmm. a reminder that there will always be the both and there will always be difficulties and hardships and struggles, but there also will always be beauty and joy and excitement and being able to recognize both of those and see the potential for them both to mold you into being truly a thriving adult. Yes. Um, it's just really powerful. So that is what I would tell myself. Lauren, that is magic. This entire conversation has been magic. Well, so, I love chatting with you. <laughs> well, before I, before I, you know, send, send you on your way and we wrap up and get ready to publish this episode, you know, how can those who are listening stay in touch, keep in touch, um, watch you as you are baking amazing things on Instagram, learn about your business, your photography, where can we find you? 
Oh, so many things. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I am a good bit of time. Um, it is my Instagram handle is at Lauren L. Carnes. So it's my first name, middle initial, last name. And I'm sure you'll pop it in the show notes. Oh, yes. And my website is laurencarnes.com. That's where you can find a good mix of the communication strategist meets photography, that multi-passionate both and feeling. And if you want to see precious pictures of my tiny toddler and how wonderful wonderful he is. We hang out on Instagram stories a lot. You will see him um, and just our little family doing doing the day-to-day. And so who knows what the day-to-day of this year will look like. Um, We are exploring that right now. And so I'm just eager for it and remembering that, you know, there's there's beauty. There is the Instagram versus reality, but really is there's (laughs) the reality versus reality of here are the, here's the duality of life yes. that we live and you will see it there and we have a lot of fun. So I would love to meet you all. Please come and say hi. I love to chat with people in DMs and I'm always here for it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Lauren, thank you so, so much for joining me today, for sharing yourself, for sharing your story, telling us what works for you, what life has looked like and letting us know what's on the horizon for you. So grateful that you gave us your time today and, um, I'm just so, so glad to know you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. If you couldn't tell, I absolutely loved this conversation with Lauren and could have kept it going another hour if we'd had the time available. You can find links to the productivity tools that Lauren mentioned, including Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets and her go-to app, To Do, as well as links to stay in touch with Lauren by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 63. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week, we're going to talk tech. And I don't mean the latest productivity gadgets and gizmos, although I am a big fan of the little cube timer that sits on my desk for keeping me on track during time blocks. Instead, we'll be diving into what it means to create a technology philosophy, aka setting some personal boundaries around how we use our phones, time spent on social media, and the concept of digital minimalism. If one of your New Year's resolutions was to be more intentional with your time, taking a good look at your tech is a great place to start. And if you're looking to jumpstart your year with intention, a power hour coaching session might be just what you're looking for. I've opened a limited number of one-on-one coaching spots in January and February before I head into maternity leave hibernation in March. We're talking one hour, you and me, to dive into your biggest time management struggles so you can walk away with a game plan, accountability, excitement, and most importantly, calm and prepared peace of mind as you're starting the new year. Head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me to get a spot on my calendar. And keep in mind that this is the last opportunity to work with me one-on-one until later this year. So don't miss out on this opportunity to work with me and design your fresh start. One more time, that's AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes as well. All right. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.